Welcome to Sales and Marketing Fry Talks, where we share insights, best practices and anecdotes from technology companies. Join us live on LinkedIn or subscribe to our podcast. And now to the new episode. Today we're just uh, two of us uh, with no guest speaker and uh, there is a reason behind that. Uh, so recently Roland uh, was running uh, a training for leaders of uh, IT companies here in Latvia. And during this training, they were discovering uh, the growth uh, planning uh, for, the, for the business, how to approach it and uh, how to plan it properly and so on and so forth. And one of the questions was about the scalability and what came uh, out of this discussion, uh, there were a lot of questions around the cost side of uh, scaling your business and especially internationally. And uh, let's just spend uh, this half an hour today uh, understanding what are the costs behind uh, uh, international expansion, what uh, we need uh, to consider when we plan and execute our activities uh, in other markets. And uh, first of all, I would like uh, us to maybe, you know, just to remind about what is the difference between doing business locally and then uh, going to other market uh, internationally. So Roland, uh, what, what is your take on this? Well, I think uh, that uh, for uh, many companies uh, who are successful in local market, uh, going to external market may bring quite a lot of surprises because I think uh, that uh, in local market, and particularly if you're working with uh, in, in smaller market like here in Latvia or Baltics, uh, you can do quite a lot by having significant reputation, awareness, recognition in market and so on. However, when you are stepping outside, you cannot rely on these fundamentals you have locally. And then you need to think about uh, such things as marketing content, marketing technologies. You need really to think how you can uh, scale out and how you can engage large number of contacts and nurture them. Because the logics of uh, pipeline, of sales and marketing pipeline is that even to close one deal, you probably need somehow to engage, you know, hundreds, perhaps even thousands of relationships. And by relationship here, I mean that you need to somehow to attract attention. You need to make sure that your content is consumed either, either let's say, on social media or your thought leadership th things and pieces such as white papers, ebooks, and so on. And uh, also you need to, uh, you need to rely uh, quite a lot on digital marketing. So this uh, game, of, of business if you want to go externally very often it's quite different uh, from what you are doing locally of course if you are let's say in larger markets such as i don't know germany or or let's say poland probably many of those uh, those requirements you are you are you are already doing in your local market but from smaller market going outside it can be quite uh, quite significant differences yeah i also would like to add here that uh, probably another perspective to look at it uh, uh, is uh, how do you position yourself, right? So when you are in the local market, uh, you probably already well-established business. You, you have your customers and uh, customers knows you. Uh, you have your brand uh, and, and, and many other aspects what helps you drive business, right? Uh, however, when you uh, go outside, uh, nobody knows about you. And we spoke about this earlier as well in some other episodes. And for those who are interested in more details to learn about this, uh, definitely please take a look at uh, one of our uh, first episodes where we um, dedicated uh, our conversation on the international market expansion. But uh, uh, this positioning and uh, 
uh, how do you and the value proposition is another uh, perspective at, uh, looking at but uh, let's uh, maybe dig deeper into the cost side of this so imagine yeah you go out you start building your uh, international business capacity but uh, how to understand what uh, what will cost what what are the main cost com components uh, what uh, you need to take into consideration Yes, I would say that uh, there are quite a few. And uh, first of all, if you are going to expand in international market, you need to start from proper planning, right? And one of key elements is, is planning your go-to-market strategy, right? And here, here the first, uh, first point would be to try to understand the market, do some kind of market, uh, uh, market research. Well, um, fortunately for us, you know, in the European Union, uh, selling, selling abroad is rather easy. Uh, and uh, you are quite free to choose many different markets. You can uh, sell, let's say, in Eastern Europe, in Western Europe, and uh, and so on. But a uh, good starting point is doing market research and uh, starting with uh, client interviews and competition research, right? And this is something that you can do internally, but nevertheless, it's a cost. It will take it will take time, or you can entrust it to be done by, let's say, some kind of consultant such as such as ourselves. Right, and if you do client interviews, you really want to um, narrow down on uh, on interviewing people who are uh, either your current uh, buyers, so your current customers, or or who are very much like uh, the uh, your target customers that you are willing to sell to. Right, and you want to understand quite a lot of things like how they see the market, how they see your product, how they see the market landscape, who are the key players, where they get information, what are the, how they how their day looks like, what jobs they want to accomplish, and and so on and so on. And then another part which you also need to understand quite well is competition research. So it's like you know going <laughs> going into battle. It's it's much much better to be prepared and know what you are facing, right? Rather than just uh, going randomly and just hoping it will ho hopefully turn out okay, right? So in competition research, you really want to understand. Um, quite a lot of details about your competitors, such as uh, where their traffic is coming from, what kind of content they are using, what kind of marketing technologies. Uh, very often, it's very helpful to look at uh, what are call to actions that they are offering, right? Because it tells quite a lot of what they have learned, what works for them. Uh, for example, it may be quite clear, and we have seen it in some industries, that uh, uh, when uh, first facing, uh, let's say, visitors on their website, some, some industries are offering right away, free trial, right? Or, or they are uh, offering, let's say, a demonstration, right? And that, that's quite uh, quite good information to uh, to consider. So that's that's about the uh, market. And then another thing is, is really to try to figure out big principles. How are you going to uh, work in this uh, market? And basically, you need to work on go-to-market strategy, right? And again, this is something you can do internally, but nevertheless, it, it is a cost because it will, take, it, will, it will take time. Or you can work with the external con con consultant. Right, and if we look, what's what's the point of actually using external consultant, or or why why uh, why it's it's a good idea? Uh, there are many things. First of all, you probably would like to work with consultant who has plenty of experience in similar campaigns uh, with uh, with marketing, selling, let's say in your in your own industry, and so on. Uh, second thing is consultant brings objective view from outside. Right, consultant uh, hopefully doesn't know your office politics. Right, and they are not tied to some political considerations, right? So they can take a cold-blooded look from outside. Um, third thing is methodology, you know, because 
again, you know, strategy planning is not just something we do randomly or 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 or, or, or something. There's there's quite specific framework which works, right? Ten like ten steps that we are using, or probably there are some other um, other frameworks as well. And uh, generally, you know, the key thing I think uh, for for using consultant is because consultant is knowing what kind of questions to ask. Right. Maybe maybe consultant will not always have the answers, but at least he will he or she will be able to raise up uh, important questions and uh, and ask. Right. And uh, key thing I would say that in in, in go to market strategy is actually to do a pipeline calculation. Right. And uh, what I mean by that, I think uh, lots of companies know what uh, sales pipeline is. Right. But then we also need to consider marketing pipeline so that we can build the full full end-to-end -end picture. How are we going to land customers, right? And then if we go into details, we also can uh, plan the cost. Just simply, if if let's say we need we, we know we need to land the ten deals per year, we can calculate backwards. All right, if we need ten deals, how many deals we need to negotiate? I would argue that probably we need to negotiate more than ten deals because some deals just do not come through, right? So let's assume we need to negotiate 11 deals. Now, going backwards again, in how uh, to get to negotiating 11 deals, in how, for how many deals we need to prove value. So basically complete a successful trial or successful proof of concept. Right? Probably I would say maybe 12, maybe 14, right? And this way we go back to how many opportunities we need to have, how many sales qualified leads, how many marketing qualified leads, how many leads, right? And then we can calculate how much in terms of uh, marketing investment, how much in terms of uh, advertising dollars will it cost for us to land the number of necessary leads, right? Necessary marketing qualified leads and so on. And now uh, this, uh, this uh, calculation is extremely important, not only from, uh, from understanding the marketing cost, but then, you know, somebody needs to do a job, right? Because once you have marketing qualified lead, which you are passing over to sales, somebody in sales, and typically it's sales development representative, need actually to spend time with that lead. What does it mean? It means uh, that uh, probably it makes sense to uh, search up and uh, check that lead, let's say on LinkedIn, check their website, try to understand whether they fit your uh, ideal customer profile. Probably you want to call up as well. And maybe you need to make more than one call to do follow-up and so on until you can qualify uh, this lead. And probably that costs, I don't know, maybe maybe an hour of time, right? And if you are expanding and if you are generating more leads, of course, you need you have more demand on time from SDRs. Then some leads are qualified into opportunities. Things get more interesting. You need uh, you need your account executives to start working. Probably you also involve pre-sales engineers, right, to do proof of concept or some some integration stuff, uh, demonstrations, etc. Right. And then at the end of the day, you also need to do negotiation. So it means that probably your legal will have to spend time as well. Right. And uh, this approach allows us to understand how many, uh, how much resources would be necessary to actually meet, meet the sales objectives. Also, it allows to understand what would be the cost and what would be restraints in terms of resources. So probably uh, chances are that uh, maybe you, uh, you don't have sufficient number of salespeople you need to hire more. Maybe maybe your bottleneck actually is, let's say, pre-sales engineer, right? And so on. And uh, then actually after that, after the deal has been closed, uh, you also need additional resources, people who are, who are working with the client on implementation 
And particularly if we talk about enterprise clients, they typically uh, require also integration, which is quite, uh, quite labor consuming. Uh, you need people to be laser focused on making sure that customers are successful, right? Because if that happens, they keep on paying. And after a while, uh, your, if, if it is a software as a service business, it turns out into something very profitable. And then you need also customer support. The more users you have, the more likely they will have some issues that you need to support them with. So all in all, uh, this international expansion is, uh, is a quite significant uh, exercise in, uh, in, in planning, I would say. Yeah, thank you for this great overview. Uh, I think uh, another uh, maybe question to, to look at is, okay, now uh, there are clearly that there are some kind of one-time costs and there are some recurring um, or ongoing costs, like for instance, uh, lead generation. So you need to invest into media. Probably you need also to invest into your uh, pre-sales activities and uh, customer retention activities and so on and so forth. So the question is, uh, but how can we actually optimize the cost or what can uh, help us to reduce the cost? And uh, here you, you mentioned about the strategy. And I think um, some of our listeners might think how, how the strategy, strategy comes to the game in, in terms of the cost. And maybe just to give an example uh, here is that uh, imagine that uh, for instance, customer acquisition costs, right? If you have a proper strategy and you have planned your ideal customer profile and you, you have planned properly like your audience, you have spent enough time really like uh, diving in into the uh, your target market and uh, finding right channels, reaching out your, your audience. So that can significantly decrease acquisition costs of your potential customers or, or, or leads, right? That's the one uh way uh, of looking at it another one uh, where the strategy can help you is if you have uh the ideal customer profile uh that can play a critical role for uh reducing number of unqualified leads uh passed over to your salespeople and creating um, uh, the workload what actually will not bring any any revenue and again having a proper lead qualification and scoring process in place can significantly reduce the need for um, uh, SDRs or telesales or telemarketing uh, people in your organization. Depends on the sales funnel you you are implementing, and uh, and so forth. So, uh, Roland, any any additional um, examples of impact uh, of strategy on the cost or where the cost can be optimized? Well, I think uh, the greatest benefit of properly planning strategy and, and modeling pipeline is that actually you have quite a detailed overview of uh, where the time is going, right? And when you see where the time goes, and time very often means also the cost, you can unearth opportunities for optimizing, automating, etc. And perhaps if you see that, uh, let's say, your technical uh, pre-sales is spending a lot of time on explaining the same things again and again, Probably it's a good, good, uh, good, uh, good uh, topic for a content, right? Because then you can just perhaps shoot video and just eliminate uh, work, work of, uh, of uh, expl um, explanation. And so, so yeah, uh, I just uh, hear one another example popped up in my mind about uh, this uh, recording, what you mentioned, uh, like a video or something. 
um, very often uh, companies lead their uh, visitors to the website and they expect them to sign up for the demo and uh, uh, what we see that uh, many companies spend really valuable time of their pre-sales resources on small value deals right potential deals or something like that and uh, that's another great opportunity of leveraging uh, marketing tools and uh, content like video on demand where you can pre-record actually a, a generic demo which uh, explains benefits of your solution or product and uh, just provide it uh, without any involvement of your real people resources right so that uh, somebody who is signing up on the website can uh, go through or watch this video on their own and then if they really have an interest uh, or you can incorporate even some qualification mechanism in the video itself there are different technologies uh, available for that so then you can uh, have a, a, another level of uh, engagement which already involves your pre-sales resources with more qualified leads right and that's uh, that's how you can uh, significantly also reduce costs Another um, uh, way um, of or where the cost can can be generated, additional cost is when you uh, uh, launch on on this new market uh, the value proposition, which is uh, maybe not tested well. Right, that's that's the, another um, uh, kind of potential potential uh, issue. Uh, secondly, it's it's also about how do you um, what is your offering. And uh, uh, if you are the service company and uh, you are, you know, in your home market uh, providing uh, custom services uh, where, you know, it's not only the sales process, which takes a lot of time, but also like uh, a buying process, which is pretty lengthy and pretty uh, complicated for the customers because there is a lot of, you know, pro steps like building requirements, building the, the the proposal and everything else. So it's actually quite costly for both, like a buyer and the, and the seller. Uh, instead, you might be considering uh, uh, going out with some prepackaged services, right? And uh, that also uh, can help you differentiate different type of customers um, and give them opportunity to already pre-qualify themselves for different packages what you are providing if you are a smaller customer that's for you if you are mid-range customers that's a, a different story and so on and so forth and also um, uh, on your side it might uh, uh, require less time because if these are packaged offerings they uh, already have some specification they have uh, probably a price uh, behind that and delivery mechanisms so which again can be uh, very useful for scalability of the same in uh, international uh, markets yes from my side I, I also want to talk about uh, uh, two things first I want to elaborate on what you what you said about uh, about clients and uh, I think also this pipeline Pipeline model planning very much helps in understanding what is real the size of deals that you need to go after. Because you see, um, companies very often from beginning are open to work with very different size customers. But if you consider how much would it cost to close the deal, you see that uh, actually very often the uh, lower threshold, let's say, of users or average size of the deal is pretty high. right? And then you need to very clearly differentiate between 
uh, those customers that you are proactively going like hunting, you are using paid ads and you really want to close uh, business with them, right? And other tier where you probably are not spending your advertising dollars, you are using uh, channels, such channels as uh, search engine optimization, uh, review sites, etc. And you provide as much as possible self-service because you just cannot afford uh, real to involve uh, costly labor in serving that segment. Right? So you need to be very clear who your ideal customer is and what kind of offering you can uh, afford to offer them. Another thing, if we talk about uh, the cost, is uh, you can always consider using a partner channel, right? And this can be, let's say, uh, resellers, or this could also be, let's say, companies like, uh, as example, Alzo, who, or, or let's say also Microsoft, who have those large, uh, large marketplaces available. Right, and this may be sometimes a way to real to uh, reduce uh, reduce your costs and give away the marketing and sales to some partner. But of course, you are giving away also also your margin, right? So you need to again to calculate very carefully so that your offering is attractive to your partners and they can make money and that you can make money as well, right? But that that of course is one uh, one other way uh, uh, one other way to reduce costs and. Um, Another thing that I want to mention uh, regarding costs is actually time, right? And time is always, always related to cost. And for, uh, uh, and, and this is important, particularly for startups, because in my experience, I have had conversations with, with tons of startups. And very often, uh, very often, if we talk about demand generation, what they are saying is that, well, uh, it's too early to talk about it because we need another three or four months to complete uh, the product. And uh, then it would be the right time to talk about generating demand, and that is wrong. That is wrong. That's a big mistake. And uh, let me elaborate a bit about why is this big uh, a big mistake. You see, if you are focusing on delivering product, right? And let's say your product is ready on September one. What happens? You have product ready, but do you have a queue at your doors with the customers willing to pay for it? Most likely not. Right, and uh, if you look back a uh, few episodes back, we had uh, we had a guy from Dream Data, and uh, they had uh, actually excellent, 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 excellent data about the length of uh, SaaS buyer's journey. Right, the buyer's journey is 233 days. It makes 7.6 months. Right, and if you add on top of that a time, let's say a month, which is necessary to uh, plan go-to-market strategy, another month which is necessary to produce marketing content, set up marketing technologies, you look at gap almost of a year, right? And you cannot afford that. So I would say that if you are looking to launch your uh, product, let's say from 1st of September, the latest time to start thinking about the demand generation is January. Or else you will end up with great product, but you won't have uh, customers, you won't have ready demand, your uh, competitors will basically eat your launch and you will lose your first mover advantage, etc., etc. So, uh, if you are looking to expand with new product, it's very, very important to just adjust this timing and make sure that when your product is ready and it hits the market, you have already uh, generated sufficient uh, sufficient demand for it, or else you have big, big financial gap that is quite difficult to close. Yeah, this is a very important uh, aspect as well, timing, and uh, that is... Um... Uh, comes to again to this exercise of the strategy where you need to understand uh, the length of the buyer's journey and actually the cost of the same, right? So coming back to the original question, what the, the, the true cost of international expansion is that 
we can uh, just summarize what we have discussed uh, quickly is that one thing is that there are some uh, one-time costs like for instance the planning right uh, and and uh, that is something what we strongly advise uh, not uh, skipping because um, that potentially can save a lot of uh, money and time uh, during the process itself but then uh, th those are running costs, right? And uh, don't underestimate what it means to generate enough demand. So that uh, means that you need to really be uh, very um, uh, kind of precise in terms of how, how much marketing money uh, you need to invest, uh, not only the producing, for instance, your web pages or uh, content or something like that, but really uh, how much it will cost to distribute it and to deliver it to your potential audience, right? And how long it will take before this audience will start to convert uh, into the leads, right? As Roland mentioned, it's about eight months. Uh, so, uh, which means that if you calculate on top the production of the same and everything, so it's it's nearly to 10, 12 months of time frame what you need to uh, consider, right? And then uh, when the leads came in, uh, it's only a beginning because then you actually start uh, nurturing them, you start uh, converting them, optimizing and so on and so forth. And here it very much depends on how efficient you will be with this process. And for that, you need uh, to have enough capacity for the pre-sale resources, for the telemarketing or telesales resources who will do follow-ups um, in time and so on and so forth. Otherwise, those investments in marketing, they will not simply deliver you uh, expected result because uh, there will not be enough capacity to hand them over and, uh, and do follow-ups. And then last but not least, uh, uh, it's about uh, um, the success management, right? And uh, how that will uh, be involved into uh, all of your activities and processes. Yeah, Ront. Uh, anything else to add from your side? Well, as, as we discussed, uh, this time we don't go uh, very deep into software as a service business model, right? And, and I think that's, that's justified because that's another and, and quite lengthy conversation. But if we consider that you are expanding to new markets outside your country and you are, you are offering software as a service product, you also need to consider time to profitability and how to finance that gap. Because uh, what we talked about was the length of buyer's journey. However, if you are if you have software as a service product with monthly payments, then you need also to consider that after the first month you will not be able to cover your costs. So basically, until you hit profitability, uh, you have and uh, statistics shows that uh, in general SaaS businesses cover the cost of acquiring customer from eight to tw to twenty months. Actually, right, and if you add to that the buy, buy, buying circle, a uh, buy, buying cycle, you need also to consider how are you going to finance uh, this kind of uh, this kind of gap. But again, that's uh, for conversation another time. But if if that software as service business, then that's uh, the cost of financing comes uh, comes as a big factor as well. Yeah, it's a great addition uh, for sure. Thanks for for mentioning that. And as Roland mentioned, so our. Upcoming episodes will be covering more in-depth uh, those growth planning uh, um, aspects of, of uh, technology business. So please uh, stay tuned if you are interested and uh, you can always just, you know, subscribe to our 
uh, upcoming episodes by using uh, hashtag Fry Talks uh, on LinkedIn or subscribing to IBD Consulting. This is our company. Uh, and then we usually, uh, you know, publish updates about upcoming episodes in, in our LinkedIn profile. Uh, you also can use YouTube channel, what we have created for, uh, for, for that purpose, where we kind of uh, uh, have all the content available for your convenience, as well as uh, subscribe to our podcast version of the same uh, Fry Talks on platform of your uh, preference. So uh, really, um, thank you for um, being with us. And uh, we are looking forward to continue this conversation with you in uh, upcoming episodes. So if you have any specific question you would like us to cover for the growth uh, or any, any other aspect of your business, please share it with us uh, uh, in, in, in uh, whatever channel you prefer. So thanks again. I wish you a great rest of the Friday and wonderful weekend and uh, stay tuned. Bye.